celebrate Halloween. I don't celebrate it that way. That's one holiday. I like to celebrate. And I like to celebrate holidays. It's good to do that. And, uh, but the thing is, we can just call it like we do, Hallelujah Night, which was just so good on Wednesday night to see all those children and the youth were helping so much. Thank you, youth. And Kathy, our, our children's ministry director, I know some especially helped. I think Joy and Elsie um, and some others too, and John. Um, but uh, the truth is, there's a spirit realm. We are spirits ourselves. <laughs> I'm a spirit. You're a spirit being. We're made in the image of God who is a spirit. Doesn't mean he's not as real as we are. He's more real. The spirit realm is what has given birth to the things in the natural realm. Um, but there's a place of authority that we who are now in Christ have over the demonic realm. By the way, Pastor Dean did its online. What, what is that on, Pastor Dean? How do, can they hear that? on the healing class, okay, and it's audio, and, um, but it's on haunted houses, or I guess that's the name of it, right, haunted houses, but he goes just into more into that. But um, this morning I was, Lord, I was saying, Lord, is there some illustration or something that you would have or something from my life you'd want me to share and just just like that, that in an instant the Lord brought me to the thought of when I lived in Grand Rapids, Michigan and I was there for a year of volunteer work with Adventure and Mission it was called with the Reformed Church in America and they rented a, an upstairs apartment for me above a house. It was a house, two-story house, and I was in the second story. And at that time, that's the, t that's the time when I came into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Up to that time, I had heard about the baptism in the Spirit, but I had never received it, and I hadn't received the prayer language or the, that empowerment of the Spirit. But I did there, and right off, right off the bat, right off the start, um, it, the Lord had it all lined up for me, and Joyce was there as well, and the same with her. And he connected us with some people that mentored us. Some, some of them were our age, but some were older. Uh, one man named Mink Hirama, his name was Maynard, but they called him Mink, a nickname Mink. His basement on the walls, it was just lined with cassette tapes and uh, teaching tapes, cassette teaching tapes. And I thought, wow, that is really unusual. You know, that I had heard of music tapes, but I had never heard of teaching tapes. But that's what these were. They were tapes by like Kenneth Hagen, Bob Mumford, Derek Prince, Ernie Baxter, you know, people like that, or Roberts. And wow, it was like, and we were introduced to that. Um, Randy and Jim Harima, I got close to, and they're a couple guys that with their, I guess they were girlfriends at that time, they were married yet, were they? Um, they uh, led a youth, a junior high youth group on um, what was it, Monday nights, Monday nights. And I connected with them at a church that was just a block from my house, and then they invited me to come to that meeting, and then they started feeding me stuff, feeding me stuff like this. Anybody ever seen this booklet? Have you seen it? It's the uh, authority of the Believer by Kenneth Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen. And this, this is a 1975 edition, so it must have been another one than this one. But, um, 
I started reading that, and what I saw was that in Jesus Christ, I can take authority over demonic spirits that try to influence me or other people around me. And what happened was, this is what this is the thing that the Lord told me to tell about. Then was that underneath me lived a warlock. I mean, I was in the second story, and right below me in that apartment was uh, someone who worshipped Satan. And you know, I met him, you know, just as you meet your neighbors, you know, and I wouldn't have necessarily known it. I mean, he seemed like a nice guy, and that's one of the things we need to be watchful for in these days. Uh, You know, they talk about white witches, It's not good. You know, we watch Hallmark movies, but we don't watch the witch ones. You know, we started out once, and right away we could sense it in our spirit. I mean, the storyline was kind of nice and everything, but there was something about it. It's a mixture. And we need to be discerning in these days with things like that. I see some people with some puzzled looks on their faces. Well, that's the truth. There are a lot of things we need to be aware of and be careful of. Discerning. Discerning. And that's the way with this guy. If I had, But I started picking up things on what he was saying, and then he started telling me about how he had seances in his, in his house. And it just so happened that my I had to go up a stairway to my apartment and just in, just inside the door, before the stairs, there was a door into his place and it was right into his living room. And there was a door that had a window on it, a pretty big window. And what kind of curtain is that? Sheer curtain. In other words, if I wanted to, I could see in there. but I couldn't see much, but... I could see, I could see like candles burning, say. But anyway, he told me that he was doing seances and that he would have people over. Well, I never was there when he had one until one night I came home fairly late, probably from a Bible study because that's what we did just about every night. I, me and Joyce, I guess that's how we dated. <laughs> was it Bible studies? We took our Bible with us everywhere. We went roller skating. We took our Bibles with us, you know. We ended up in a Bible study. But anyway, I got home late that night, and I I got through my the main first door, and then I, I couldn't help but avoid seeing there were all lights all over candles. And I could hear this incantations and chanting and all this going on in there. I thought, oh, wow. They're having a seance, they're calling the spirits of the dead to come and all that. At least that's what they think, that's what they thought. And uh, so anyway, I went upstairs and I got ready for bed. And my bedroom was right above the living room where they were having the seance. And I could hear their incantations and their chanting and all that. the hair started raising up on my arms and fear tried to get a hold of me. I thought, for sure I'm not going to get to sleep. And even worse than that, you know, here I am in fear and this is bad, this is not good. But then I remembered reading this book. I had read it not long before that, and talks about authority of the believer, that we can take our place. We're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that place of authority over demonic spirits. I thought, I'm going to do that. (laughs) So I sat up in my bed, you know, with all this noise going on right below me, and I just said, I take my seat of authority in Christ Jesus. It was something like this, okay? This is over 40 years ago. But it was 
I take the authority that I have in Christ Jesus. I'm seated with you, Lord, in heavenly places. And I draw the bloodline of the Lord Jesus across around me in this apartment. But also I bind those spirits, that spirit activity downstairs that is involved in this seance and its effect on those people in the name of Jesus. I just had a thought. I wonder if they heard me. <laughs> because it got quiet. Maybe, I don't know if they heard me or not, but the Lord did, and the demonic spirits heard me. And it was, that was it. It was quiet. I mean, there was nothing. And I got to know this guy better. You know, again, you meet them coming and going. Sometimes, one time he invited me into his place into that room and he had all these candles and these crazy gargoyle images and so forth. He said, yeah, we used, we've had seances here in the past, but he says it's not working anymore. <laughs> I don't know, if something happened, it's not working anymore. <laughs> um, but he wanted to show me, he, had, he got a satanic Bible he was showing me that, and I can't remember all the details, but I know that I shared the Lord with him, and I pray today that he received Christ. I never knew that he did. You know, like I said, he was a nice guy. He was a nice guy, but he was deceived. He was in deception. We need to be aware in this day. In these, what I would call, end of days, we need to be aware of the multiplied deception that the enemy is trying to bring in the earth. And hallelujah, we as believers in Jesus Christ must learn to take authority over what we allow to be affecting our lives, our minds our lives, our families, our businesses, or whatever. We need to be very discerning and very, very alert to that. And we must take authority over the evil spirits that, that feed us lies, deceiving spirits. And one of the ways is to, in that kind of a prayer of authority, to bind the evil spirits and their activity. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. First John 4, 4 is that. And that's talking about the demonic realm. Greater is he, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, who is in us than he that's in the world. Things in this earth are influenced by another realm. Have you realized that yet? Every, in every area of society and government, things are influenced in the spirit realm. And it's so important that we are people of prayer in these days. We've seen many things in our nation that people, especially maybe my age, but even young, younger people, they realize this isn't the way things used to be. And even just in the last few years, things have changed so much that sometimes I think, is this, is this the place that I grew up? Is this the country I grew up in? But prayer is what we need to do. And thank God for praying and being able to pray in the Spirit, cooperating with the Lord and praying prayers about things that we don't know how to pray as we ought. And he helps us. One of the things is taking authority, taking that seat of authority in Christ. Adam was placed on the earth with authority as the head of God's creation in the beginning. But when he fell into the trap of the master deceiver, the devil, Adam's headship and authority was forfeited to Satan. 
who has since been the God of this world, but that's a God with a little g, I always say. Jesus called him at least three times the prince of this world. But here in Luke 4, verse 5, this is the temptation of Jesus. Then the devil, taking taking him, and that's Jesus, up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written. And that's what we need to do. We need to stand on the Word of God, even in this prayer of authority. And that's what we're going to be teaching on. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. But we see there, for this has been delivered unto me. Well, it was through Adam's sin. 2 Corinthians 4.4 Satan, who is the God, again with little g, of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. See, the demonic realm affects our minds too, but also the angels can. And prayer has effects in that. Even in other people, in loved ones, in our children, grandchildren, parents, people at work or school or whatever. Um, we, can take, we can take authority over spirits that are oppressing them I mean, we can pray about that. We cannot take authority over their spirit, over the human spirit. We can over demonic spirits, but not over, over human spirits. So, but what we can do is pray that if there are demonic influences or oppressions in someone's life, maybe a loved one or maybe whoever it might be, that we can bind their activity in that person's life, but then, of course, then we pray for that person that their will, their spirit, we can't bind their spirit or we can't loose their spirit. We need to pray that they will make the right decision, the choice. You understand what I'm saying there? Satan, who is the god of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe, so that's what we pray. In Jesus' name, I take authority over you spirits who are blinding, deceiving, and lying to, and then you insert the name. And I draw the bloodline of the Lord Jesus Christ around that person. Lord, may their hearts open to you as they see the light, and may they receive it when they see the truth, may they act on it. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. But we can pray that. We can pray that for unbelievers. But even believers that have fallen into deception of whatever kind, Praying for them. Even that the angel, angels will bring thought. Ministers to those who are heirs of salvation. That they will give thoughts into their minds. And that they'll act on them then. The righteous thoughts. The right ones. So Satan is the God of the world. But through his, through Jesus' great sacrificial work. He's redeemed us back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's worth a hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. He reclaimed for us authority in the earth, including authority over evil, deceiving spirits. And he did this with his redeeming blood. He regained all that Adam had lost and yielded to Satan. So, when we are in Jesus Christ... 
The devil is no longer our God, even with a little g. But I have to say, until you receive Christ as your Savior, he is. People think, well, I'm just going to be my own person. I can't give myself over to God. I'm my own man. I'm my own woman. No, you're not. You're deceived. We'll get into that scripture later. I'm not sure today. Maybe we will. But he's no longer our God. And we're not going to live like he is. We don't want to. And Satan no longer has legal, and I'll say that, legal, say it, legal authority over me. But he sure can try to deceive us and lie to us. Romans 5.17, the Passion Translation. Death once held its grip, held us in its grip. And death there, it's like separation from God and all that is good. And union with the devil and all that is evil or bad. But death once held us in its grip, and by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life? But now, there's a change there. But now, we're in grace through Christ and we can reign as kings in life. Read that with me. Reigning as kings in life. How do kings reign? Well, they take authority. Enjoying our regal freedom. Freedom. Say that word. Freedom. See, that's the way of God. It's freedom. Not bondage. Freedom. And he's given us even the freedom of choice to choose him or not choose him. He gives you the freedom of choice today to receive this teaching, grasp it, and then act on it or not. But enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. And that is exactly what we have in Christ Jesus. It is perfect righteousness. And it's not something that we have earned. And it's not something that I can take this seat of authority with Christ because I've earned it. And I have my own righteousness to do that. No. Verse 18, in other words, just as condemnation came upon all people through one transgression, so through one righteous act of Jesus' sacrifice. Oh, listen to this. I got to start at the beginning again. Let's get this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're your teacher. Revelation right here. In other words, just as condemnation came upon all people through the one transgression that of Adam there, so through one righteous act of Jesus' sacrifice, the perfect righteousness that makes us right with God and leads us to a victorious life is now available to all. Victorious life. Those are my caps, by the way, for emphasis. I put those in there. Victorious life. Let's say that. Victorious life. Why do you have to say all those things? Because when we say something, it does something. When we say something out loud, it does something. 
So that victorious life is now available to just about everybody. Are you one of all? <laughs> Am I one of all? See, this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. These aren't just my notes. This is the Bible. Satan has disarmed, defeated, and put to open shame. He was disarmed. He's his weapons. He's defeated, put to open shame. Satan lost his legal right. And again, I say legal because he'll try to steal, kill, and destroy. He'll try to deceive. But Satan has lost his legal right to authority in the earth and the human race. Yes, that's the truth because it lines up with the Bible. And here, let's read Colossians 2, some more Bible. This realm of death, and again, that's the death that's separation from God and all good, and union with the devil and with all that's bad. That realm of death describes our former, former state, for we were held in Satan's grasp, sin's grasp. And Satan's. But now we've been resurrected out of that realm of death, never to return, for we are forever alive and forgiven of all of our sin. Hallelujah. He, Jesus, canceled out every legal violation we had on our record and the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it all. Our sins, our stained soul, he deleted it all. And they cannot be retrieved. That's another hallelujah. Say it with me. Hallelujah. <laughs> everything. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed onto his cross and nailed permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And again, I would say legally. He'll try to do it through deception. That's why we need to know the word, so that he cannot accuse us. The Word of God we must know, and we can line it up. Sometimes, like with Jesus, he actually came with things that he brought scriptures to Christ, but they were in the wrong context, in the wrong way. We just need to know the Word, and we need to rightly divide the Word, and we all just need to be starting. We need to be in that word right from where we are, not getting in combination if we don't know as much as somebody else, but just receiving the word of truth. Hungry. There's a hunger coming in this place for the word of God. There's a call coming in this place and to those that are hearing online, A call to another place of prayer, another level of prayer, and a lot in the Spirit. In this day, in this hour, it's working with the Lord. That's what prayer is. So every weapon and all spiritual authority and power to accuse us legally. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them as prisoners, these are the demonic spirits, in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. This is what Jesus did for you and for me 
And then what's down next here on, this, on the wall there will be, it's E and it's a, from the Passion Translation, it's, it's a footnote. And I, this is so good, I thought I'm just going to have you see it with me and we're going to read it. And this is what it says. Implied by the obvious irony in the Greek, having put off his body, he, that's Jesus, stripped principalities and powers and shamed them openly. This implies that between the day of crucifixion and the day of resurrection, while in the spirit realm, Jesus destroyed death, the powers of darkness, and every work of the enemy through the blood of his cross. All the enemy's weapons have been stripped away from him, and now the church has authority in Christ to enforce this triumph upon the dethroned rulers of this world. Do you believe that? Authority is delegated power. In the past, we've had it where there was a police officer in the street and they would stop a certain se section of traffic just by raising their hand. Anybody ever had that? Or you were stopped by a police officer? Well, that police officer did not have the physical power to stop our vehicle when we came to them. But they had delegated authority. And it was seen through the badge that they were wearing and the uniform. Well, in ourselves, we do not have power to do these things, to bind evil spirits, to cast them off. But it's through the delegated power, through the Lord Jesus Christ, he has delegated power to us to enforce the truth of the Word of God. And we will be derelict in our duties, in our, as Christian soldiers, you might say, if we do not enforce what the Lord has now delegated to us and asked us to do. And he's given each one of us spheres of influence to be praying for and to be praying about people. To be praying for them. Authority is delegated power. Through Christ Jesus, we are no longer the devil's victims. We are now victors over him. We are just like Jesus. Jesus, the head of the church, his body, he has delegated his authority to us. In Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me. This is ever after the resurrection, just before he went to heaven. All authority, say that, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. You, I put you in there, that's an understood subject. You go, therefore, and you is you and me. The disciples, we're disciples of the Lord. You go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> I am with you just about all the time. What does it say? Always. Always even to the end of the age. Even to the end of the age. And then Mark 16, this same commission, it's just written in the, by, through Mark by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow, not might follow, hope so, maybe so follow. It says these signs will follow, Jesus said, those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them. He works with us today. He's the sign doer. He's the healer. He's the one if you eat something deadly. He will keep you well. He's the one if you accidentally pick up a serpent or something. He will keep you. The Lord working with them. You're, it's not you doing it or me. And confirming the word through accompanying signs. Amen. We are now seated with Christ, Jesus, in heavenly places. Ephesians 1.3, blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, is that past, that's a past, that's not future tense, is it? Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Ephesians 1, 16, do not cease to give thanks for you. This is Paul writing, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him and that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward who? Toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet, that's under Jesus' feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. We're the body, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. These principalities and powers have been put under our feet because we are in the body of Christ. We're a part of the body of Christ. My Spirit-Filled Life Bible, the footnote there says, heavenly places does not refer to heaven in the sense of it being the destined home of the redeemed. Rather, the Greek word here refers to the invisible realm that surrounds our present daily situation. Did you get that? Did you get it? It's really important. It'll change your life forever if you get this. It'll change your life forever if you get this. I'm saying this will change your life and the lives of those around you. But you have to get it by Holy Spirit revelation and you got to be hungry for it. The Greek word here refers to the invisible realm that surrounds our present daily situation, the arena or sphere of spiritual action and activity around us. Christ's authority in this age exceeds every known power in the here and now. Continuing in that footnote, it says, this seating of Christ speaks of his power over the principalities and powers, mights and dominions 
who deceive and manipulate human behavior, therefore advancing satanic strategies in the earth. Christ himself and all who are in Christ are shown to be placed in authority above these powers. One more scripture. Ephesians 2, this is actually continuing right off from where I left off in Ephesians 1. Once you were dead spiritually because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen realm. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God, who have not received Christ. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, he loved us so much that even though we were dead spiritually because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he... Get this part. Get all of it. Get this. For he raised us, and put your name in there, from the dead, along with Christ, and seated you and me with him in the heavenly realms. Because we are united with Christ Jesus. So that is your current seating. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. We're part of the team. We're important parts. You are an important part. And we are to take our seat of authority. We're to take it. Let the Lord lead you and guide you and direct you just how he would have you do it. It would be great to do it daily. I mean, as situations arise, but also, I'll be sharing a little bit more about this in another teaching, but hallelujah. We have nothing to fear from Satan as long as we recognize him as our defeated foe. We have nothing to fear from Satan when we know that he has already been overcome by Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, apply this word to our hearts, and may we be doers of your word. You know, I think you can probably order this booklet. It's just a little booklet, 32 pages maybe. Online, Believer's Authority, there are other books, one by Macmillan, I think it is. Um, John McMillan, Billy Brim has just a little book, a real small booklet that I'm going to quote from in another teaching here. But also you can go on YouTube and just type in Kenneth E. Hagan, Believer's Authority or the Believer's Authority of the Believer, maybe it is. And there's three sessions that he teaches. There's a video of him to help you get this. You know, just getting what we get here on Sunday mornings, that's not enough. We need more than that. We need daily feeding of the Word to stay strong, and particularly in this hour that we're living now. And this teaching, for those of you that saw it online, just share it with somebody. For those of you that are here, you can share it right from your phone or your iPad or whatever. If you believe there's somebody that would benefit from hearing this, You know, we can double it or triple it. You know, send it to them. Maybe they weren't here today. Maybe somebody missed, you know. A lot of people do watch it anyway, but sometimes they don't. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We receive your word.
and we would be doers of your word. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Yes. Cindy? Do you need a mic? Joyce, I think, has one. Why don't you come over here in the light and the people online can see you better. Yeah, that probably will work. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. I... um got a word um, that I'd like to share with you because it really goes along with everything you've been speaking about this morning. Um, I got this back on 1018 of 21, and this is what the Lord said. I have drawn a line in the sand between the righteous and the unrighteous, those who would follow after me and those who would not. I have been waiting and watching to see how my church will respond to the things going on around them. For this year, there has been a distinct separation between good and evil. There has been a relentless attack of darkness upon the light. So here I come to raise up an army, an army of light that will stand against the darkness that is trying to take over. It's time, O church, to stand up to resist the devil, and he will flee from you. It's time to gird yourselves, to put on the full armor, ready for battle, so you can take your stand against the plans of darkness. For you did not fight, for you do not fight against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil. Be on guard, saith the Lord. Be alert. Do not fear and pray in the spirit always. For your cooperation with me will turn the tide. Thank you, Jesus. But know this battle is mine, saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Cindy, for sharing that. That's very good. Very good. <clears throat> By the way, Scott and Cindy are going to be bringing the message next Sunday. So you can be praying for them this week as they prepare for that. So we need to be doing a lot of praying about all situations that we hear coming up that we know don't line up with righteousness, with right. We just pray. And I know we can pray just so much in English, that's great. But then thank God for the praying in the Spirit. To get, you know, we can do that. And so we do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, the Lord will help you find that time, that place, Maybe it's right before bed. Maybe it's right when you get up. Maybe it's at lunch hour. Maybe, I don't know, in the car. Keep your eyes open as you drive. <laughs> but, you know, just, just, just see yourself seated in the spirit realm, in Christ, and then taking that authority over demonic spirits wherever the Lord leads you to pray. With me, I've got what I call a circle of prayer. And you are all in that. And, uh, you know, just... There are so many distractions in this day. All we need to learn is to get in that secret place. Sweet hour of prayer. And I don't mean you have to pray for an hour, but... Just... Be before the Lord. Take authority in your family, in the workplace, in the school. Pray and get the, start developing that circle of prayer, people you pray for each day. It's a good thing to do. 
like for me, most of the time, there, there's some things in English I pray for. If the Lord brings something specific to mind, a lot of it just in the Spirit, I pray. For the next 24 hours for you. But see, all of us can be doing that with a circle. We all have different circles of prayer. People the Lord has given to us. And this makes eternal differences. Do you believe that? <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. We have a few announcements to make. And um, I'll have Sarah come up here. You know, the truth is, I didn't get to it today. I thought of it today, but godly character spiritual warfare. Sir, I think I might have left my announcements down there. On the, I'm not sure. It may be underneath that. Are they up here? But uh, like, uh, this is one kind of spiritual warfare. You can come up that we're talking about here now. <clears throat> but also, you know what? When I walk in love towards someone, like 1 Corinthians 3, 13, maybe 4 through 8 or so, love toward them, spiritual warfare, it affects things in the spirit realm. Oh, agape love coming out of me towards somebody else just crimps the devil. So you can be a devil crimper. Right? But you know something else, and this is from a teaching of Bill Johnson that I heard two weeks ago or so. He was saying, Do, doing spiritual warfare through the arts. And it was like through music, through... Well, he, he was mentioning that the first person in the Bible that's mentioned that was anointed with the Holy Spirit was a a skilled worker in crafts in the, the building that they were building. But then you think of art, but you think of the creative arts, dramatic arts. I believe that in this season, when there's been so much oppression and depression and so forth, that this play, History in the Baking, is going to be like a spear in the spirit realm to cut through a lot of oppression and depression in people's lives. And that is spiritual warfare. It crimps the devil. And with that intro, <laughs> Sarah, you can share about the play there. Okay. So, history in the baking will um, be performed December 11 and 12. That's a Saturday and Sunday at 2 o'clock. This is an original Christmas mystery full of laughter and surprises, lots of surprises. And I've written several plays over the years, and every one I've written um, has been very special for different reasons. But this one is extra special because my daughters, Joy and Elsie, wrote the script with me. They wrote the play. Um, we homeschool, so they will be getting credit for this. <laughs> um, they're helping behind the scenes with everything. Joy is my assistant director, and they're also both acting in the play. So it's already been very special. Um, I just wanted to quickly mention the other actors, Dan and Angie Modry, um, most of the Bender family, Peter and Linnea Coffin, Mark Van Tassel and Kylie Van Tassel, and then Joy Elsie and my husband Andrew. And we've already had some fun at practices and lots of laughs. I just want to quickly tell you why we wrote this play. Um, my family wrote this play for you, for our church family, for your families. Um, we wrote it for our families and 
everyone involved in the play for their families. Do you see a theme? <laughs> Family. Family is so important. Um, all the generations of family are so important. And the last couple of years have been hard, really hard for a lot of families for many different reasons. So I just want to tell you why we wrote it and why we're performing it this year. There's challenges with performing it this year, but I believe we're supposed to, and I'm going to tell you why right now. <laughs> First of all, because of the message in the play. Um, there's several messages throughout, but um, one of the main ones is that there are no surprises for God. None of this in the last couple of years surprised him. And um, we can trust him. I am thankful for that. Another reason that we're doing this is that we need to celebrate. Amen. Um, yep. That's right. Um, we need to celebrate this Christmas season coming up. We didn't really get to do that last year. Not really. So we need to celebrate all that Jesus has done for us, starting with coming as a little baby, dying on the cross for us. As Christians, we have a lot to celebrate, and we should. We should be celebrating. Um, and then also, we need to celebrate each other and being together. Okay, that was my little speech. Just a couple more details and I'll be done. So tickets go on sale next Sunday, November 7. Tickets are $5 each, and that cost is to help cover some of those special surprises. In fact, every single person that comes is going to get a special surprise. And then it will also help cover the cost of some new mics for the drama department. I'm going to talk more about tickets and um, opportunities to help um, next Sunday. And there will be posters and flyers available next Sunday. So thank you. Amen. 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 And uh, this will be the last Sunday that we'll receive offerings from four. Carol and Ronnie Ruano Schlimmer. Uh, if you have an offering, put it in an envelope and mark it for them and put it in the box. Of course, that's where we put our tithes and offerings. Those that are needing to do it other ways, Box 67 through the mail, Ten Strike Church, Box 67, Ten Strike. Um, and then online, too, you can give. And it all comes together to help. One other, last thing, Daylight Savings Time ends next Sunday at, what, 2 in the morning or whatever it is? <laughs> so you can put it back, right? You sleep one more hour. You know, an interesting thing happened to me last night. I don't know if it ever happened before, but I woke up about 2.30. I didn't know it was 2.30. But my dream was that the alarm went off. I mean, these terrible alarms that are so loud, you know. So the alarm goes off, and I thought it was 6 o'clock. And I was laying there thinking, man, I didn't get enough sleep here yet. You know, I need to sleep like another four hours or whatever, three or four hours. And then I had the thought, I wonder if that was a dream. So I look over, and it was only 2.30. And I was so happy. <laughs> and so I turned over and went back to sleep again. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you all. And if you would like prayer, you can come forward for that. And um, Julia, I need to touch base with you on something, too, here. So actually, Peter and Linnea, maybe too, I should. So you can have all three of you. God bless you all in this week. There are goodies. There's not a full meal, but there's goodies for you to partake of and fellowship and good coffee and all that kind of stuff. So.